Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, our old friend from The Jason Ellis Show and also one of the uh, hosts of the Mad Scientist Party Hour podcast. Hello again, Kevin Kraft. Yeah! Appreciate a guest that comes in hot. Woo! Cause a radio- it's almost too much Jersey right here for this studio to handle. Because a radio show really needs energy, and as the host, I'm usually not the one who provides it. <laughs> that really means a lot to me, Kev. I By the just- way, I apologize for that. That's I, I fucking hate that. What? Yeah, Jersey! Woo! Oh. Jersey strong! No, and so you don't have anything... It's- I thought you were apologizing for yelling at all the listeners for absolutely no reason and zero comedic effect. But <laughs> no, I mean the Jersey reference for no comedic effect. No, I, I I really do get bummed out by the whole like taking pride in things that you had no fucking hand in. Mm-hmm. Like I was born in Jersey, so what? How hard did I work at that? Zero. I love your take. I have actually repeated your take. It's so simple and straightforward. Many times since you said it a couple months ago, I love New Jersey. I just like California better. Yeah, Calif- uh, New Jersey is uh, is a little touchy about people who don't consider New Jersey the greatest place on earth. And furthermore, having just been in New Jersey last weekend, um, if you do not subscribe to their belief that their local pizzeria happens to have the greatest pizza in the world and their ice cream shop happens to be the greatest ice cream shop in the world, and so on and so forth. It's ridiculous. It almost seems like people are overcompensating. A little bit, yeah. It's like, yeah, Jersey's not the the shithole of the world that I, some I lo- places I, make it out to be. I, I love I love New Jersey, and I know you feel the same way. The yeah. places that I can't get into are, obviously there's like shitty, depressing places. I don't consider Jersey one of those. And then there's places that are like so vanilla like, I don't know, people who grew up in, like, Phoenix, I don't know what they really, like, latch on to. Maybe there's a little more local culture there than I'm aware of. But I love, especially, I think the world is getting more and more, like, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like everything's the same, you know? And New Jersey still has a fucking vibe to it. And I respond to that. I will repeat again, I cried trying to tell my wife the lyrics to My Hometown by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, man. So it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say I don't know. I, I get the the because like um I did Doug Benson's podcast the other day and before I got there a little early and right next door to UCB is this this cool little bar so I go sit at the bar and I have a couple of whiskeys just to loosen up and I ended up sitting next to some dude that flew out from Finland and he was like are you here to for Doug Benson show and I was like yeah he's like oh cool yeah I'm here visiting from Finland I'm by myself you know any cool things to do and I I'm going flipping through my you know Rolodex and it's like not really. I mean, comedy shows, you're already going to one, but, like, I, I don't, what do you do? Like, if you like going out to bars, go to a fucking bar. It feels like America has turned into, you know, Planet Strip Mall. It's basically, it's whatever you like to do, you can probably find that in any fucking city. Yeah, well, I, and, and LA, I always say, is, is a nice place to live in, but you wouldn't want to visit here. 
it's a tough vacation spot. When my parents came out here, when I first moved out here, I showed them all around for like a week, and then they came back a year later, and they're like, what are we going to do now? And I'm like, hmm, I already took you to the Grove. Do you like Netflix? <laughs> 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 There's this pizza place on my corner that might have the greatest pizza in the world, so let me take you there. We can argue about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so you are a um, you're a movie guy. Oh yeah. And I am an '80s guy, which you're not really. No, I'm I'm kind of an '80s guy. I like '80s music. I I look back on the '80s fondly. Yeah. I I think um, I do, I I watch a decent amount of '80s movies, and I love the '80s look. On chicks, and it, it's a you do, yeah, and it's kind of a bummer because growing up, I lived. Uh, my mom had me pretty young, so we still lived at my grandparents' house until I was about thirteen. And my mom has a lot of sisters and a brother, and basically, my I have an aunt and uncle that are kind of like big brothers, big brother and big sister. And I had so many crushes on their friends, and I couldn't wait until I was old enough to where one of those girls would be into me. Mm-hmm. And by the time I hit that age, that eighty style was gone, and I was like, "Oh, that's a bummer." I, yeah, you I, guys don't look like whores anymore. <laughs> yeah, everybody looks like Jennifer Aniston. What the fuck happened here? Yeah, where's where's the gigantic hair? Where's the acid washed mom jeans? I know Jennifer Aniston on Friends really does not get enough credit for the walls that she tore down because looking like John Bon Jovi was a legitimate look for a female <laughs> in New Jersey for like a solid 20 years until all of them got the Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And there's some parts where they still, that the Rachel is still just clinging for for dear life. I don't think anybody has dethroned her yet. I mean, no? you're, you're like John Bon Jovi into Jennifer Aniston, you're looking at 40 years of New Jersey fashion right there. <laughs> <laughs> These are the greats. These are the greats of the game. You know, what's funny to me is that obviously I was attracted to a lot of women in 80s movies because I was a horny kid and that's what, what was available. And most importantly, that was my access to seeing naked female breasts. It was easier oh, yeah. for me to get my hands on like uh you know a police academy movie or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean I had a Rolodex in my head of um PG thirteen movies that had tits. Yes, absolutely. I can tell you what part of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, you briefly see the side of Christina Applegate's breast before a guy puts his hand on top of it. <laughs> it was, it's desperate times. Yeah, you're like an eighties Mr. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of am. I kind of am. But um when I look back I think that they they could not have done a much better job of making women look hideous back then. I don't think the look has aged very well, and I think if you were to actually run into your dream woman nowadays, you would be fairly horrified because it just looks like a Halloween costume to look like you're from the 80s. I actually did go to an 80s party, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Did you get laid? I did. Oh, that's great. And it was awesome. I take back everything I said. I want to fuck a whore-looking <laughs> mall chick. <laughs> I mean, everybody there had... It, it was it was nailed. Everybody there put in a really solid effort. The playlists were perfect. The girls looked like straight-up 80s girls. The guys looked like straight-up 80s dudes. It was fucking great. That, that was my one taste of sex in the 80s. Wow. Prostitutes and rich dicks. <laughs> a very 80s celebration. Yeah. So... You are, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Golden Raspberries. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Golden Raspberries has been around since, like, uh, I think, 1980, as we're about to see. And uh, they uh, annually give out awards to the worst that Hollywood has had to offer. And it may always make a little bit of news what was what gets the ras- Golden Raspberry for the worst movie or the worst performance or whatever. What they stopped doing in the late 90s is awarding a Golden Raspberry to the worst song that was from a movie soundtrack So, 
I love 80s music, but I'm happy to admit that a lot of it hasn't aged very well. If you're talking about the worst movie songs from the 80s, you're talking about some pretty putrid, unlistenable stuff Oh yeah, that I propose we listen to for the next 45 minutes or so. I'm fucking down. So two things I want to say before we get into these is uh, they don't make bad like they used to. As in movies or music? Just anything in culture. Just embarrassing, holy fucking shit. Like, okay, like Geostorm's about to come out and everybody knows it's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's not going to be like what sort of twisted fucktard put this together. It's just going to be boring and lame and maybe the special effects will be shitty. Yeah. You know? And obviously initially I planned on doing these Golden Raspberry Awards in chronological order, but I think I'd actually rather go backwards because you can see... As you you, you you can hear that the, the the style of cheese in the late '80s can't hold a candle to high cheese night circa 1982. So this is just going to degenerate as we go on. <laughs> That's the idea. Sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, another thing, if you want to play along at home, one of these ten songs I actually already had on my iPod. Only one. I'm I mean, actually I'm, kind of surprised by that. I'm thinking about adding a couple. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's, uh, I'm making a pre-guess here, if it's the, the Listerine uh, the Listerine bottle swinging through the jungle song that from... Oh, that, that Tarzan Boy? That's, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, oh, oh. That song's amazing. That, that, of course, that's on my iPod. <laughs> no, that's a song I'm going to use. You ever see Dressage, a.k.a. Horse Dancing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I get it to Dressage, I'm going to be Tarzan Boy all the way. It's, it's the perfect. <laughs> just picture the little horse legs going back and forth. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's, I will be triumphant. It just takes a slow knee at the very end. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that music video? No. Yeah. It's, man, everybody go look up the music video for Tarzan Boy. Okay, so we're going to start in uh, in 1989 with the Golden Raspberry Award winner for um, Worst Song from a Motion Picture. I will tell you, the motion picture was Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Is That's not the Dream Warrior, is that it? it? Uh, no, that's the Dream Baby or <laughs> Dream Child. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the one a- it's the one after that one. You probably know this song. Huh. Right now, it could be one of a thousand. Is this Judas Priest? Might as well be. <laughs> I'm surprised. Bite the pillow. I know. Oh, me, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's Jesus actually, Christ. Believe it or not, I know I'm, I'm I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. Um, sorry, I was just enjoying a little Bruce Dickinson for a second there. He's a treat. You know that song is uh, a Maiden classic. That was a solo Bruce Dickinson song that was recorded for that movie, and I think Steve Harris, the bass player, liked it so much they re-recorded it. No shit, as Iron Maiden. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So is that that's is that one of the one he recorded that specifically for the movie? They're like, hey, we're doing this. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, bring your daughter to the slaughter. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. That's almost inarguably the best song we are going to hear. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, because there, 
I think what they started doing increasingly, what they definitely still do to this day with the golden raspberries, is I think they know that they'll get more. Rather than saying here was what we consider the worst movie of the year, if they go, this movie won 13 golden raspberries. So when they decide that they are going to shit on something in a major way, they'll give it everything. Yeah, they always seem to commit to like yeah, really destroying one film every year. Right. It's very hard for me to imagine that that was the worst song associated with a motion picture in 1989. I know. And and like especially since we're we're doing this reverse order. Yeah. I feel like um when they started doing that like write a song specifically for this movie, it was always very on the nose. And sometimes they would crowbar in the title of the movie mm-hmm. and mention the characters. Like I'm surprised yeah. that song isn't like when Freddy comes and sticks his glove in your butt. <laughs> I'd almost be willing to bet that's the second verse. That's one of my favorite things about 80, like uh, I love the Arthur theme song by Christopher Cross. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. First, the first bit was clearly written before they got hired to, to do that. And so the second verse just becomes, Arthur, he does as he pleases. I love when Drinking they... all day and walking <laughs> down the street. He's pretty rich. He's so drunk. He thinks Liza Minnelli's a babe. <laughs> <laughs> that is another thing from 80s movies. Like, uh, my, my girlfriend has never seen The Shining. Uh-huh. And she's... I think you might be able to confirm this. She... Tells me all the time it's embedded in Asian culture. Ghosts are terrifying. They, she hates ghosts. Anything ghosty. Mm-hmm. Anytime we watch a movie, she always asks, "Is it ghosty?" Okay, that's maybe a little bit extreme, but I have some anecdotal shit. Like, I don't think my wife lives in ex, 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 like an exceptionally high level of terror about phantoms and the like. <laughs> <laughs> At least, not that I've noticed. Although I will tell you that my wife, like when I. She believes that ghosts are real. Yeah. And she believes she's had a couple things that to me are like prototypical classic descriptions of night terrors that she's just like, like we lived in an apartment and she was sure that there was like a dead guy in it and she needed to get some shit to burn and. But to she, scare his ghost away? Yeah, to cleanse, cleanse the spirit realm. <laughs> I don't, I did, don't. Know. Did it work? It's a good question. I didn't hear about that guy again. So it it's have. pretty fucking crazy. I mean, I think I'm like everybody else. I don't believe in ghosts, but when you move in and your wife is like, there's something wrong with this place. There's a spirit that doesn't want us here. And then your son's head does the anyway, complete 360 yeah. exorcism anyway, rotation. good night. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Um, so, oh, so so she, my wife believes ghosts are real, and with my son, who we're trying to educate as a rational person, yeah. we'll say, oh, you know, are monsters real? No, they're just made up for movies. Monsters aren't real. And then, are ghosts real? And I go, no, ghosts aren't real. And she'll just be like, <laughs> you know, as, as if I'm supposed to tell my five-year-old, actually, your mother has unique access to the spirit realm, and this house is crawling with them. <laughs> you anyway, never know. Good if night. Some, if something flies off your shelf, could be a coincidence, yeah. could be a very angry ghost. Yeah, exactly. We do live in earthquake country, but that's probably the yeah the, the ghost yeah. of the former tenants here. But I almost rented a home and from a uh, Chinese woman, and there were several red flags that led us to not rent that place, one of which was, and this was a, a minor one by comparison to the other ones, like she said that we couldn't have air conditioning because it didn't get hot in Culver City. Uh, which is okay. a na- which is a central neighborhood of Los Angeles. Is yeah, there's like this donut hole of coolness in the city. <laughs> but she also told us that we could not decorate for Halloween because she was Chinese and Chinese people weren't into like depictions of that sort. So I think that's what you're 
Yeah, she's about. she's half Chinese, and like I know they they didn't show the Ghostbusters reboot in China specifically out of fear of ghosts. Um, so I I convinced her to watch The Shining, and when she saw Shelley Duvall, she goes, "Oh, oh wow, that's that's a really weird pairing because you know Jack Nicholson, he's he's uh, I guess you could say handsome." It seems a bit of a mismatch that she was his wife in that movie. And I kind of feel like, yeah, like Liza Minnelli, Shelley Duvall, you kind of got away with sneaking less attractive women in leading roles. Well, but they've certainly, you could say that about a million men cast opposite women. That's you know, very guys true. Who, who, weren't, who weren't in the same league. Yeah, it's sometimes... Yeah, sometimes you just need a name or somebody gets... I mean, Shelley Duvall was right for that role, whether or not she was right as a romantic partner for uh, for Jack Nicholson. And then there was the thing with the Stepford Wives, right, where um, the original one, William Goldman wrote about this. Maybe he wrote... He probably wrote the screenplay in his excellent books. About, even if you have no interest in screenwriting, his screenwriting books are so awesome that... They're, the novel had been successful, and it was about these men who moved to like a suburb in Connecticut, and they were so threatened by feminism and so desperately wanted to hold on to the old patriarchal way of life that they were willing to live with and have sex with like plastic robots just because they were hot and submissive. Yeah. And so he's working on the screenplay, and he says he's walking with the director, and the director goes, uh, oh, I was thinking about blah, 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 whatever her name is, for the lead role in the movie, and William Goldman goes... Now, she was, like, maybe attractive in her day, but she was, like, a little old, maybe wasn't all that attractive to begin with, and um, the problem was she was also the director's wife. Ooh. He goes, and that's how you ended up with a movie where if you go see the original Stepford Wives, they're wearing these long, flowing robes and they have these huge, floppy hats. Like, they're covering up as much of the women as possible, which completely <laughs> defeats the purpose, which is yeah. these guys wanted to fuck hot robots and were yeah. willing to make any sacrifice, you know, were willing to be with robots because they were hot. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's and I guess uh, looking back, I guess... Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli were an, <laughs> no, equal, I mean, really, an equal pairing. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 no uh, he's no trophy himself. <laughs> um, and but let's not forget he had been paired with Bo Derek shortly before that. Oh yeah, in 10. yeah. Now that makes no sense. Nope. Even though she did have the same hair as Stevie Wonder in the mid seventies. Yeah, I never I never I, understood yeah, no. the the white dreads. Apparently that was were they even dreads? I thought no, she they were like had, they were tight braids. I thought she had like ornaments in there. I thought she. I thought she. I thought she was like a chime. Yeah, she looked like a she soccer jangled. mom that just got back from sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. The um, oh, the nineteen eighty eight Golden Raspberry for um, for worst song for motion picture was a song called Jack Fresh by Full Force. Who, as an eighties geek, I actually remember Full Force. They did, I don't. They collaborated with Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam on, I believe, Head to Toe. Neither here nor there. That song no longer exists. It cannot be found. Head to toe, or the one that won no, this award? No, the one that won. No, head to toe is on my iPod. But <laughs> <laughs> Jack Fresh by Full Force just cannot be found. It was from Caddyshack too. So instead, I pulled one of the nominees. Here's a uh, a later era classic from Ted Nugent called Skin Tight. Check out the lyrics of this bad boy. <laughs> he just stubbed his toe. <laughs> this is from Johnny B. Good, by the way. Ow! What the fuck? 
admire my butt? No, drives me crazy drive for me not looking at all those fine, fine butts. <laughs> We don't need to get to the chorus here. Sweet cans. <laughs> Whoa, Hooters. Do you think like when when he's recording those songs? Does he know they're throwaways, or is he sitting there like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm on fire. <laughs> Still got it, Nooch. Nailed it. <laughs> I always wonder about that. I, I, if I ever, like, seriously won hundreds of millions of dollars and had all the time in the world, I would set up... I don't even know if internet radio stations are still really a thing, or a Spotify channel or whatever, that's just all 80s soundtrack songs, and not, like, uh, you know, Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. Like, all the shit like that, that when you're watching yeah. Johnny Be Good, you're like... What the fuck is that? And who walked away from the recording studio <laughs> feeling good about that? And who was the guy who was like, put that put that in the montage? Yeah, I wonder if they just look at it as like, all right, maybe that'll be the low point for the movie. But let's just move on. Maybe there was something to be said for getting Nugent, not to say that his name would carry a soundtrack, but just to like throw him in there amongst other people. Just Nugent's a rock and roll guy. Our movie's called Johnny Be Good. We're going to try and convince the world <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall is, a, is an elite quarterback prospect yeah yeah i feel like um more thought was put into soundtracks back in the day too i oh, feel yeah. like the 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 only recent movie that would have a soundtrack that moves the needle would be you know the guardians of the galaxy movies and maybe baby driver but back in the day soundtracks were almost as big as the movies like clerks empire records uh judgment night that was a really popular one I, I had a buddy in college who never bought studio albums. He only bought soundtracks. That's a pretty weird rule to make for yourself, but I can see his angle because they were compilations of you know would-be hit songs. Yeah. Well, that started, I think, I don't know that that was ever a thing before the 80s, and that's because of MTV. They pretty quickly figured out that you could slap together a three-minute commercial for a movie. As long yeah. as you put an 80s pop song underneath it, and that's that was free advertising, massive free advertising for your movie. And I think that legacy just carried into the 90s with, you know, train spotting and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of 80s movies that were uh, had popular videos on MTV, you talked about when they cram in the um, the plot or the name of the, the movie into the song. I recently read about the St. Elmo's Fire song. Oh, yeah. Do you know the story? It's insane. No. So... The guy, there's a dude, Canadian listeners will probably even know who I'm talking about, who was like an inspirational dude who like won the Special Olympics or the Olympics, or he did something incredible, and he was in a wheelchair. And he was touring Canada and probably America as well, giving motivational speeches. And this was his entrance song when he came out. And if you think about it, I'm gonna be a man in motion, all I need is a pair of wheels. <laughs> And then just oh. St. Elmo's fire. There's like nothing. Oh, man. Every every other lyric of the song is clearly about a pumped up dude in a wheelchair, except for when he yells St. Elmo's fire. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 1987 Golden Raspberry for worst song for a motion picture went to "I Want Your Sex" from Beverly Hills Cop Two. 
which is just huh. ludicrous. I'm not a George Michael fan. I don't even like that song at all, but that's fairly ridiculous. There had yeah, there had to have been worse songs associated with movies that year. Oh, I mean, there, oh, there were. Here's one of them. Oh, sweet. Yeah, um, from the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh, fuck yeah! You can be a Garbage Pail Kid. Who did this one again? No one's willing to own this one. I don't think anymore. Oh, take that. I like that. Like, uh, hey, kids, don't don't be down. If if you get sent to the principal's office, you can live in a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let life get you down. You can be a twisted, two foot tall mutant as well. <laughs> <laughs> now that like I'm kind of my my head is now in this mindset. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite song ever written for an '80s movie might be um, the Killer Clown song. By was that the Dwarves? Yeah, wait. Was it? Oh, yeah, you're right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, wait, no, Killer Dwarves. Dwarves were later. Oh, okay. Unless they were making hits earlier than I'm aware of. Um, we if we have time at the end, I'm very happy to pull that one up as well. Oh, that's an awesome song, and I like that riff too. <laughs> yeah, I I watched that not that long ago. Like in me a, too, and in, I I I stand by it. Me too. I I still like that movie. There's just fucking scared the shit out of me as a kid. It's creepy, and part of, part of the creepiness is the low production values. If it had been slicker, I think it would have been slicker. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I was never scared of clowns. No, but when when you're a kid and you watch those movies, like you see somebody get their head blown off in a movie, now you're just like, "Yep, yeah, that's standard." But when you're a kid, you're like, "Oh, a head exploding!" And like when they would, when the clowns would kidnap people and put them in those cotton candy cocoons. Mm-hmm. And then they they pulled the. I always sometimes I would like turn my head and look away when they pulled the cotton candy off, and the dude's just like bloody haggard face was behind it. I've really, I've become so nostalgic for '80s horror special effects. Yeah, because there's just such a divide. And I'm not down on CGI. CGI is awesome. Look at all the great the movies we've had that never could have even been attempted if it weren't for CGI. And yeah, it, it dates. And then, you know. CGI is almost like a hairstyle that, like, or, or a fashion that when it comes out, it's really hot, and then you look at it five years later, and you're like, "What were we thinking? That was that was kind of a joke." Yeah, you know. But uh, but there's just something so charming about the melted heads that you would see in like a 1985 horror movie. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I mean, and and good practical effects still hold up to this day. Yeah, well, there's that too. Like the thing. Yeah. Well, like, I think one of the things that was really good about The Matrix, for example, is that they CGI'd the fuck out of shit when it made sense to CGI the fuck out of shit. And then there's other stuff where they're like, actually, it would just be easier if they're supposed to be crawling up a wall if we just uh, 
put them all on their backs and then just turn the camera sideways. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the way you do it. Okay, um, I mentioned that one of these Golden Raspberry Award-winning songs from the 80s is on my iPod, and uh, we have arrived at it. Prince actually won the, again, because they just like piling on shit because they wanted to shit on his movie Under the Cherry Moon, but I think this song has stood the test of time as the worst song from perhaps any 1980s movie. But you're still into it. I'll listen to it. No. But Prince sounded different back then. Oh, yeah. It actually How was sounds, it, it actually sounds like Prince, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, god damn it. This is going to be stuck in my fucking head all day now. How about the duck? Without fail. This is one of the most uh, earwig. for this uh, computer, by the way. Yeah. You know, oh, wrote, yeah. you know who wrote this? It's not the, the main chick, is it? No, Leah Thompson did not write this. <laughs> she is singing it. There it is. I think she avails herself nicely. She sounds like a poor man's Susanna Hopp. I still have a crush on her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I will listen to this shit. It's, yeah, this is a solid song. I like this. Thomas Dolby, and, uh, Thomas Dolby wrote this song, the guy who wrote uh, She Blinded Me With Science. Oh. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I, I, you know, seeing that movie as a kid, you don't have the same standards, clearly. And I love, every time it was on TV, I would watch it. I loved Howard the Duck. Yeah. I thought, um, I always forget his name, Jeffrey something, the, the villain. Yeah, the, the, the um, Rooney from... Yes, right. from uh, Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That, that He creeped the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like the stakes were super high in that movie, and... I still remember every time I see a car cigarette lighter, I think about the scene when his like tongue shoots out all like skinny and long, and he just starts licking it, and that gives him power or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, there's so many classic moments, like when uh, when Howard sits down to jerk off, and he's reading "Play Duck" instead of "Play Girl." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, it would be that... gross to jerk off to humans. That's bestiality. <laughs> yeah, right. But then no one thinks twice when he's fucking Leah Thompson. Right. Exactly. Despite the fact that he clearly could not have a penis since we've been looking at his <laughs> naked crotch for the entire movie. <laughs> or now, knowing what I know now, the, the horrors of the um, inverted corkscrew duck penis. Yeah, poor Leah Thompson. Yeah. Right. Apparently she was into that. She must have a corkscrew vagina. So, uh, next up, uh, the Golden Raspberry Award winning songs of the 80s is a song from... It said on the Wikipedia page that it's from uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2 but I'm pretty sure this is from First Blood hmm I've only seen First Blood once yeah so the soundtrack probably isn't gonna ring too many bells well since I've told you that it is First Blood it might not surprise you to learn that the song is by Frank Stallone is it called First Blood it's called Peace in Our Life and then the cop struck first blood <laughs> when he got back from Nam. The cops gave him shit. The town turned their backs. Wrapped around the 
This movie stars my brother. <laughs> he gives me jobs. <laughs> we'll go out and see it. <laughs> Don't piss me off, or he'll draw first blood. Is this where? Oh yeah, there's a weird overdub on this video. Yeah, if I get this video, this computer sucks. Yeah, this the, the like I say, a lot of these songs are really hard to find. I had to click on multiple things to actually find uh, these songs. And this one, somebody interspersed again. I'm pretty sure that is from First Blood, but somebody interspersed some footage from Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and it's the scene where Rambo's talking to the chick on the boat, and then they overdubbed all of all of the dialogue in I don't know if it's like Russian or Chinese or something like that that's the only oh, version that's... of the Frank Stallone song I was able to find no shit yeah, it has some foreign language overdubs of <laughs> dialogue from a different movie on it <laughs> um, so that was what year are we up to here that was 1985 and believe it or not Frank Stallone was following in his brother's footsteps by winning the Golden Raspberry because the 1984 winner was Sylvester Stallone. His song. <clears throat> yes. Now, I am I think it is safe to say he did not write this song, but this is a song that he performed. Dude. 84. I. And it's from a Stallone movie. Yes. It's got to be. Yes. Okay. 84. What Stallone movie was 84? <clears throat> I looked it couldn't this... have been Cobra, right? Nope. <clears throat> it's not. It's not an action movie. Oh, okay. Then I'm. Um... And it's not. Moonlighting wasn't 84. Was he in Moonlighting? Maybe not. Was Moonlighting a movie? What, what was the one with Cher? Moonlight? Oh, uh, oh, uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was uh, Nicolas Cage. God damn. Yeah. I need to brush up on my 80s. You do. You do. I'm I'm currently, <clears throat> that you mentioned like the impossible to find songs, I'm looking to see if eBay has the Caddyshack 2 soundtrack. At all. You really want to hear Full Force that bad? No. You know that somebody... I just want to see. If it's impossible to find, that might be a gem. Oh, okay. Oh. It can be found. It, okay, it can be found. I just wasn't willing to purchase a CD. Oh, yeah, yeah. For this. 30 bucks, though. That's that's pretty pricey for a fucking one of the worst movies in history, the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think the Kenny Loggins song was probably the highlight. Yeah. And that ain't saying much. So I looked up multiple clips of this to make sure that somebody hadn't just dumped a different vocal on this. As far as I can tell, this is absolutely real. <laughs> oh, man. Once this gets going, come on around to my side and take, take a look at this from the movie Rhinestone. Never seen it. Here is a song called Drinkenstein. <laughs> oh, I love it already. Sounds like a song from the Moss Eisley Cantina. It does. But why you created a monster and they call him Frankenstein? In the tavern down the street is the laboratory where he makes the oh transformation all the time. <laughs> and a shine of Dr. Bud is a pint of monster blood. Ridiculous. Oh, and Dolly Parton's there. Monster, and they call me Wiggenstein. <laughs> and they call me Wiggenstein. Yeah. 
This sounds like a hate bean song. <laughs> it really does. I'm <laughs> and that's the end of it. So, I mean, this this has to be a scene from the movie. Yeah, th- yeah, definitely. And I'm gonna guess since I'm never gonna fucking watch Rhinestone. Oh, that- I am now. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it with you. That he was like a down on his luck, something or other, and this might be rock bottom. That he just gets drunk and sings this. Oh, uh, okay. Because why? Yeah, it's kind of fun trying to guess the context of this in, from the movie. Yeah. Because why the fuck is Sylvester Stallone on stage wearing a sombrero, <laughs> doing the squat dance, <laughs> next to Dolly Parton, yeah. singing about a Budweiser Frankenstein? <laughs> I know. I know. You've got a lot of questions, and frankly, I do not have any answers. Uh, we got to get through four more of these. I think we have time to do it. This song was so hard to find, this 1983 Golden Raspberry Award winner, that I am honestly not sure that I have the right song. All I can tell you is that I found a song that I believe was released the same year with the same title. Okay. And this just this seems like it could be in a shitty 80s movie. This is by a known artist? This is by, the version I found is by Booker Newberry Third. Oh, he's sweet. He was pretty big in 83. Yeah. It's called The Way You Do It. You might think that it's infatuation. <laughs> oh, this rules. <laughs> I want to go do some aerobics. Yeah. I like the funk elements of it. I think it says in the description, this is described as Choco Funk. I did not make up that (laughs) subgenre name. (laughs) Yeah, there it is, Choco Funk. This is fucking awesome. I'm I'm on board with this all the way. I feel like fucking a lot. Yeah. I feel like watching Mannequin while fucking. <laughs> God, this computer's killing me. There you go. There's the chorus of Booker Newberry the Third. It's one of the highlights of uh, late era Chaco Funk. Yeah, that rules. That's kind of like a, a knockoff Morris Day in the Time. Yeah. I don't. Th- again, I think they were piling on a movie. There was some movie called The Lonely Lady. I think it was um, a book that was really well received and sold a lot of copies, and the rights to it sold for a bunch of money. And by the time it came out, the movie was kind of a joke. And Pia Zadora was the uh, lead actress in it, and I don't think people thought that she was a very talented actress. Mm, so I think yeah. they were just. I think I think Booker just got caught up in the flood. I don't think that. I don't think that was really a reflection on what his. On his Choco Funk stylings. Now, are you saying Booker or Booger? <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to clarify. His name is is Booker. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if that was Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> that would be really cool. I actually interviewed that dude. You did. I yeah. wanted to interview that dude. You, you, I gave him the option of coming to do a show at the studios on Sirius XM, and I guess you gave him the option of doing your podcast at your house, and he made his decision. He, I do not think he knew it was an apartment Probably because not. when when he parked in the lot, um, I don't I don't live there anymore, but I used to live across the street from the Hollywood Bowl, shared parking lot. If there's no show, anybody can park there. So I called him, or he called me, lost. I guided him to the parking lot, and when I walked out there and greeted him, and he saw that we were walking towards an apartment building, I watched the color drain from his face and the disappointment set in. I was like, ah, come on, guy, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, I used to have a similar experience when we were at Swinghouse Studios. 
They, oh, yeah. They couldn't believe that that was where Sirius was. I always remember the time. It still embarrasses me to recall it to this day that we didn't have any parking. There was a parking lot there, but Sirius hadn't paid for any of the spots. So we Yeah, would, so they wouldn't let us use it. So we would tell people there was no parking, and then they would come in and see an empty parking lot. And it's very hard to explain in a nutshell without making Sirius look really, really shitty why that why it was the way it was. But Joe Rogan was coming by, and I had... um. I had parked my car across the street and was saving the spot for him and told him to call when he was getting close so that I could run out, get in my car, and he could take my good spot and I could go get a shitty one somewhere else. And he called me back and was just like, what are you, stupid? And I'm not trying to insult Joe. He was totally right to do this. I had like a Honda Civic, and Joe was like, just dude, he's got like a big truck. He's just like, oh, shit. He's like, my fucking truck can't fit here. What do you, why would you think that would work? And, and then, then and then you get them in the building, and you have to explain why it smells like old farts. Yeah, why there's water leaking from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, why there's a fridge in the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are not jokes. Nope that that was that was uh, a hurdle for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I love that era of our career, but I'm happy that it is in the past, and we do have uh, air conditioning. Yeah, and, that and we one, know, we one know day the show no longer gets rained out. Yeah, which but, all seems to happen. One day we'll have functioning internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. As, a, as one of the leading tech country uh, companies on the da- <laughs> on the Dow, I'm pretty sure one day we'll get streaming internet here, so I can do this fucking segment. Okay, so we got three more of these, and I think they are all doozies. Remember Christy McNichol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most famous, at least to me, for her star turn on the Golden Girls spinoff Empty Nest. Oh yeah, she was like the. More fuckable of the sisters? I never even knew that that was a Golden Girl spinoff. Yeah, Richard Mulligan was their neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Every now and again, he'd be like, oh, hi, Rose. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just to remind you of the association. Yeah, to, to reestablish the connection. Okay, don't worry. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that there was another Golden Girls spinoff? I had Margaret Cho sitting right where you're sitting right now, and she was a cast member of it. Um, B. Arthur didn't want to do the show anymore, so they just blew up Golden Girls and made, um, this is, God, I love the 80s, a show called Golden Palace, I think, where the three other Golden Girls all went in together to buy a wacky hotel. Oh, my God. And Margaret Cho was in the cast. No shit. Yeah. Wow, that couldn't have run more than one season. I don't think it made it a season. She didn't see quite as much humor in it as as, <laughs> as, oh. I, as I did. So, oh. and, and in her defense, she was kind of like, yeah, it was cool. I worked with so-and-so. And there were, like, Jack Black was on the show. So I think she felt like, yeah, I went from, you know, starving to being on a network TV show. Not so bad. Huh. Yeah. So here we go. Christy McNichol from something called The Pirate Movie. The Pirate Movie. Yeah. This is a little. Is this eighty one? We're at now. No, we are at where are we currently. This is eighty two. Okay. And uh, this is a little little ditty called "Pumping and Blowing." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> a pumping and a blowing. A pumping and a blowing. Might want to take a peek at this video too. She's hand-cranking a boat. And this guy is, like, living inside a fish tank 
and he's naked except for a diaper and one of those old school diver helmets. Yeah, those big giant metal ones like, with like the little Jules, windows. Jules Byrne style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So now that I'm seeing the video, I'm getting what Pumpin' and Blowin' is referencing. I guess it's It's got something to do with bailing water out or something. Yeah. Is this like the uh, the, the poor man's version of sailing? Yeah, like I think if, if sailing's to... a little too rich for your blood, <laughs> maybe you can afford this kind of boating. Yeah, I think this was their attempt to try to... It's like the poor man's Xanadu. Oh yeah, I hear that Nickel as, as Olivia Newton-John. It's oh, a, now they're working in the cartoons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Total blatant ripoff of the Rolling Stones lips. And what's that doink noise in the background? That's like boink. That was really big back yeah. then. I think that was one of like the like setting like 287 on a Casio back then. Oh, so they would just pull that up on a keyboard and just hit a random key, and it would just go. Doink. I don't. I don't think there were any professional players that you could like session guys. You could. Yeah, because I mean, it, it almost sounds similar to like some uh, smack in the in the in the, in the <laughs> toilet. Wait till he comes out and. Boing. Or if there was a guy in the studio that had like a metal ruler and he would just do the boyoing thing and pull it, pull it in real quick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, w- I wish we lived in this fancy world you imagine, but I think so it was a little bit more cold and technological than that. <laughs> we got two more Golden Raspberry uh, Worst Song Award winners. The first is from, we're all the way back to 1981 now. Okay. And again, I could not find this song. I could only find the full movie on YouTube. But oh, I'm so you can find the, like the marking of where this song is played in the movie. I think it's the opening credits. Ah, okay. So it's pretty. It's, I, I'm assuming this is the song. Um, it's a movie starring Burt Reynolds and Beverly D'Angelo. I always wondered about her because I thought it was so strange that she's like one of the major stars of a major movie franchise, yet appears in no other movies ever. Yeah, you kind of had to dig deep to find her in anything other than a vacation movie. Exactly. Well, I think it's because all the movies she was in that weren't vacation movies were god-awful, like this one. Yeah. <coughs> but, um, you know, you think Burt Reynolds, 1981, this seems like a pretty, sh- you know, as sure fire a thing as you're going to get, but this movie looks pretty terrible, and I don't blame them for awarding the theme song, The Golden Raspberry. From Paternity, 1981, this I think is called Baby Talk. Oh, 81, this is going to have to be so on the nose. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Oh, I'm sorry. We're actually watching the Paramount logo in the beginning of it. This might take a second. And I love how you can hear it going from right around 82 or so is when people start using like synths and drum machines and what we think of as the real typical 80s stuff. So is this more like uh, disco hangover? Yeah, exactly. This is still like pianos and drums and stuff like that. Oh, God, where's the fucking song? I like that this was recorded off of Showtime 2. (laughs) It's <laughs> apparently showing for a brief period of time, and all right, and it can, and, and like Showtime too. I don't, I, I don't think early go. on they put those watermarks at the bottom at the corner. No, for the so whole it's kind of recent. You're right. Yeah. Baby talk. Time to say night, night. Mama say night, night too. <laughs> Baby made a poo poo. Baby. <laughs> we can't afford Randy Newman. Then bring me his Mexican equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arthur Oldman. Right. <laughs> There's a baby over there. 
<laughs> Good God. Fucking brutal. Obviously. Yeah, okay, you're done. You're, you're done. Obviously. <laughs> this is a song about babies. <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is such a good list. I, in, in the, it's just, I love the 80s so much because we could do this again and we could go through the songs from the 90s, but it's not... Nobody was doing baby talk at any point in the 90s. No. Say, say what you will about the grunge era. I don't know that everything has aged all that well, but that's what I'm saying. There's just this level of cheese. Yeah, and I always never assumed touch again. that like Randy Newman was the safety net of soundtracks. <laughs> like They couldn't get Randy Newman, so they had to go <laughs> knock off Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I might have saved the best for last. Uh, there is a movie... That was released in 1980 called The Man with Bogart's Face. <laughs> <laughs> Who did this star? Uh, apparently Humphrey Bogart. I'll show you, again, I couldn't find the song. I could just find the beginning of the movie. which So you'll hear little doing-oings and, and, <laughs> and, and, and dialogue, which I think only enhances the experience. And okay. there's just this guy who's fucking Bogart. So they're like, ah, find me a guy that looks like Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, Humphrey Bogart do? Yeah, see? Well, I think Bogart, as 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 one of the guys that you'll hear in the dialogue, he'll be like, but he's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> oh, man. The theme song, too, uh, by, written by George Dooning, The Man with Bogart's Face from 1980. This is our final uh, Golden Raspberry Award winner of the era. Wow. I can't wait to hear how they rhyme that in. The man with Bogart's face. A Technicolor picture. See the man with Bogart's face. <laughs> He's the one who will take your kids. Oh, He's no. He's a special kind of guy. And on him you can rely. A man of mystery without a history. Holy He's shit. He's the man with Bogart's face. <laughs> See the man with Bogart's face. <laughs> Ryan Bogart's oh. face with Bogart's face. They fucking wrote this in five minutes. 100%. Get out of my way, see? Ah, can't you see I'm driving here? Why don't you drink that? It's a menace. <laughs> You're a terrible motorist. What, 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 what? There's a monkey driving that car. That man has Bogart's face. <laughs> Hey, where'd you get that face? Bogart? I tell you, Tommy Bogart in a car. Bogart's been gone for over 20 years, but he's wearing that old heat. He even twists. Let's drink together. Take a look at his face. See the man with Bogart's face. We're out of time. Thanks for doing this. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're at Kevin Sucks and Mad Scientist Party Hour. Yep, Mad Scientist Party Hour on iTunes, part of the Riotcast Network, and at Kevin Craft on Instagram, all that fun shit. 